Good weekend. Good morning, everybody. Andy with Sports and Songs. Uh, Friday, August 14th, recording my portion of the show today. I will be out of town this weekend, so I'm kind of recording my portions ahead of time. So I apologize if some of this is wrong. Things change in the next couple of days, but we'll go, go with it. Uh, I'm going to start with a little baseball news here first for me. Um, you know we talk about the Australian Baseball League a lot on the show. And just to drop some names, not that we're close friends, but dropping names, some guys who've got ABL experience who are now in the majors who are doing okay. Um, you got Lewis Thorpe for the Twins, for example. There's one guy right there. Uh, um, Didi Gregorius, he's doing well. Um, Akuna Jr., doing very well. Uh, former Melbourne player in the Australian League, doing well. Um, former Heat infielder. Mike Barrasso of Tampa, of the Rays, doing well. And also Hendricks, pitcher for the A's, doing having a great season. Not saying everybody in Australian baseball is going to be in the majors. No. But like I said before, it's kind of like watching double-A ball. There's been times you've seen guys play double-A ball that have made it to the majors. So give them a shot. It's nice to watch in the offseason. Um, I watch the games on YouTube, so you're kind of watching them early in the morning or watch them on tape delay, which is fine. It's baseball. You get what you can. Um, but it's fun to watch. It's still good baseball. Speaking of Major League Baseball, there's some guys who have taken advantage, in my opinion, of the coronavirus thing. Uh, started with Cespedes last week, and now Marcus Stroman, Mets pitcher, out with injury now, saying he wants to sit out the rest of the year because of the virus. Hard to believe people like this now, because especially in Stroman's case, free agency. So now he could sit out the whole year, not be on a team that, at the time he left, wasn't doing well. And the Mets still aren't, but you never know. It's a 60-game schedule. What, two, four, six, nine, ten teams play, or ten teams make the playoffs. You know, everybody's in the playoffs almost. So you never know what could happen, but he, he's opting out, which I'm not buying, but good luck to him in the future. Thanks for stealing our money. But also, players like Zach Plesak, Zach Plesak, um, he admitted him and his buddy broke protocol. You're not supposed to leave the team hotel. You're not supposed to go out and visit with other people. You stay within your team. He went out and did it, and now he's complaining everybody's ripping on him. Well, I just went to a buddy's house, and we were all apart, and there was only eight of us, and we had to, and this and that. But then he also admitted that he left the team hotel. I'm not saying they're good rules or bad rules. I'm not getting into that. But he admitted he broke the rules, and now you're upset people are mad at you. Grow up, Zach. Okay, it's the way it is. They're not the best rules in the world, maybe. Maybe you can do better, whatever. But if we haven't learned from the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals, follow the rules, man. 60-game schedule. Some of these teams that aren't doing well, this could be your shot. Look at during the war. St. Louis Browns stunk. Everybody goes off the war. They win a couple world championships. Everybody comes back. They stink again. Some of these teams, like the Marlins right now, this could be your shot as you're rebuilding, build some confidence, show what kind of team you have. Maybe more free agencies, free agents will want to come to you. Don't blow it. Don't throw it away. Good news. Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres. Um, first player to have 30 home runs and 20 steals in his first 100 games. Is he going to be at this pace his whole way through his career? No. Oopsie. I'm at the airport. <laughs> so we'll wait for them. Oh, that's not me. Okay. Um, so he's at 30 home runs, 20 steals in the first 100 games. He's not keeping that pace up his whole career, but it's a great start showing his potential. Padres have a good young team. Again, this is that 60-game season. This could be their team. Show what they got. Maybe get some more free agents. Good luck to the Padres.
little pro wrestling news. Um, this week we lost a wrestler, James Harris, also known as Kamala. He was 70 years old. Um, Kamala had diabetes at the end of his life there. Uh, he wrestled for almost every organization there was. He had a little cup of coffee everywhere. He never really stayed with one group for a long period of time. That was part of his charm, his draw, kind of like an Andre the Giant. He never stayed somewhere long. Andre, at the end of his career, stayed a lot at WWE for the money. Kamala bounced all around. Pro wrestlers, unlike any other job, they're entertainers, they're independent contractors, so there was no health insurance he ever had. Um, sure, back in the day, they didn't invest very well. They didn't save very well like you can now. He had issues financially, I know, at the end. Great guy, though. I've heard from a lot of other wrestlers. Uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., in fact, put on a post. James Harris was one of the typical wrestlers where their character is nothing like what they're really like. A lot of good wrestlers that way, the guys who are the big jerks, like the, or the bad guys, like a Kamala, are the sweetest guys in the back room. Ted DiBiase Jr. played a real jerk. Part of his real life, he was a jerk, but he cleaned it up towards the end. He's cleaned it up, and he's a great man now. But it goes the other way around. The good guys turn out to be jerks. We can cover that a little bit later on. But that, you know, so James Harris has passed away. Also in wrestling news, you know, we've talked about the NWA, National Wrestling Alliance, based out of Atlanta. Uh, we we're kind of speculating, hoping they'd sign with AEW and kind of merge that way somehow. They never did. But what they did do is they signed a deal with Thunder Inc., a uh, parenting company, and the United Wrestling Network. And they're going to be streaming some cable satellite TV stuff on Fight TV starting Tuesday, September 15th at 8 o'clock Minnesota time. I'm not sure how they're going to do their programming, what kind of programming it's going to be. Obviously, they're, we're not going to be ready to have crowds by then. So kind of excited to see what they're going to have. But uh, coming up September 15th, NWA will be back. Maybe a little new look. We'll see what they got going on for that. Uh, NASCAR news. Uh, Daytona International Speedway, the road course. Sunday, August 16th at 2 o'clock Minnesota time, NBC. Road course, it's different than just the circles that everybody always complains about with racing. Oh, left turn, left turn, which don't get me started on that because I love NASCAR. It's more than that. Those who say it's just all left turns don't understand it, don't want to get into it. Fine, don't. That's your call. But the road course is a little something different. It's not like Indy cars where they close down part of a town and you literally drive on the roads like they do in Europe on some of the races. It's a road course. It's on the track. It's a little different. You probably notice it at Daytona 500 sometimes. But you'll see it on there. It's pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Okay, a little bit of football news. I don't have too much football to talk about here. Um, college football. A lot of conferences are calling it for the season. Um, Mountain West, Big Ten, Pac-12 of all canceled or postponed football to the spring. Uh, Big 12, ACC, SEC are going to go ahead with football. This will be the one time in college sports. For football anyway, if they're doing split seasons like this for different conferences, the championships should have an asterisk or a mark by it. Bowl games won't be right because you don't have all the teams to match up with. Almost half of the teams eligible in college football are postponing or canceling football for the fall. So your bowl games are going to be all off. You won't really have a true champion in my opinion. Now, you look back like at baseball or basketball, how they've kind of updated the schedule or modified the schedule, but they've done that for everybody. So these are going to be true championships, in my opinion. Also about college football, the NSIC, uh, well, up where Bemidji State plays. Uh, they have suspended the fall or canceled fall sports, and they're suspending everything else through December 31st, which pushes back 
men's and women's basketball, and women's indoor track. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. That's that's my points for football, college football. They they got to figure something out this year. It's gonna be a little different. We'll see what they do. Okay, I don't have anything for music, birthdays, or this day in history. I apologize. Uh, travel schedules, things coming up. I didn't have a lot of time to research that, but I do have a few notes. Friday, September 11th, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., Mobridge, South Dakota, at the Mobridge Rodeo Grounds, Hairball will be performing. Uh, they've done some shows in North and South Dakota already. Some states are opening up, so Hairball will be back there again. And also, speaking of music, Five Finger Death Punch, the movie. Uh, members of the band have been working on a movie. They've been working on a Five Finger app for different things, so Five Finger Death Punch fans can check that out. They guess they have an app out there you can look up. Helps give lyrics to songs and everything else, so that's pretty interesting stuff there. Maybe I'm sure other bands have done it too, but we'll see how it goes. Now we'll get into this week in sports history. 1986, pitcher Bob Forsh, Grand Slam, leads the Cardinals to a 5-4 win over the Pirates. 1987, Kevin Gross is the second pitcher in eight days to be ejected for scuffing a baseball. We talked about last week with that with uh, Joe Negro and the Twins. 1997, Atlanta Braves signed Greg Maddox to a five-year, $57.5 million deal. At that time, that was a lot of money. That's 12 a year, or twelve million a year. That's good cake right there. Birthday is 1965, John Starks of the NBA. Same John Starks, Knicks point guard, who Reggie Miller made his little, uh, <clears throat> yeah, in the playoffs that one year. John Starks, good player. I didn't like him personally. I mean, I, I respected him as a player, but I just didn't like his personality and attitude. 1970, birthday, Gina Toretta. Heisman Trophy winner in 92, national championship in 89 and 91 from the U. I believe he had a cup of coffee with uh, the Vikings, I believe, for a while in his career, too. August 11th, 1919, Green Bay Packers Football Club founded by George Calhoun and Curly Lambeau, named after sponsor Indian Packing Company. Indian Packing Company. Hope that don't get out to the lefts out there and they make them change their name. 1962. Los Angeles Dodgers protest as San Francisco manager Elvin Dark orders Candlestick Park grounds crew to water down the base paths to hinder all-star Murray Wills' base stealing attempts. A little bit ahead of the game in 1962. Way, way to go. Way to go, Coach Dark. 1968, Satchel Page at the age of 62 and needing 158 days in the major league's payroll to qualify for pension is signed by the Braves. Birthdays, Terry Balea, also known as Hulk Hogan, WWF champion, uh, was born in Atlanta, Georgia. This is where I'm talking about guys who are nice guys in the ring, kind of jerks outside the ring. I've heard different stories about how Balea was outside the ring. I think money got to him afterwards. He started in the AWA here locally. He did the Rocky movie, and it all kind of snowballed down, in my opinion, from there. August 12th, 1965, Milwaukee Brewers Baseball Club apply for a National League franchise. 1969, the Boston Celtics are sold for $6 million. Now, with that said, in 1969, 50 years ago, the Celtics were sold for $6 million. They have five guys on their payroll now that make more than that a year. Oh, how times have changed. 1970, Kurt Flood loses a $41 million antitrust suit against baseball. Kurt Flood is one of the guys who started suing baseball and started really standing up for free agency in baseball and in all sports. He kind of started all that... um, Good or bad, depending on how you look at it, but Kurt Flood is the one who started that, that movement. 
1974, Yankees Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford become the first teammates inducted into the Hall of Fame on the same day. Which got me to think, and I'm kind of surprised with Mario Rivera and Derek Jeter. They didn't kind of do the same thing. But they both kind of got big egos from that genre of the Yankees where they wanted to try to get 100% of the votes in. I think that's why they retired separate years. They very well could have done the same year. Would have been kind of cool to see them both go in the same year, but they didn't. We digress. 1984, Braves beat the Padres 5-3, featuring two brawls and 19 ejections. Um, there was a post on that about Facebook this week. If you look it up, it was kind of funny watching some of the brawls. I mean, brawls are never funny, but see, 19 ejections and two different brawls in a game. Between the Padres and Braves, not exactly a rivalry, but just sometimes tempers flare from a game before or things before that. Who even knows? 1984. Inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Cooperstown, New York this day. Harmon Killebrew, greatest twin ever. Rick Farrell, Don Drysdale, Pee Wee Reese, and Louis Acruccio all inducted into the Hall of Fame, 1984. 1994, members of the Major League Baseball Players Association go on strike, leading to the cancellation of the World Series for only the second time in Major League Baseball history. The other was in 1904. Birthdays, 1880, Christy Matheson, Hall of Fame pitcher who won 37 games back in 1908. Also birthday on this day, Fan of the show, even though she won't admit it, Stephanie Schultz. Now, of course, I didn't give a year because you don't mention a lady's age. But the old girl had a birthday. Fan of the show, she won't admit it. We just outed you, Stephanie. She loves the show, in fact. August 13th, 1906. Cubs pitcher Jack Taylor ends a string of completing 202 games. It's 187 complete games and 15 relief appearances. He exited this game in the third inning. 1910, Dodgers and Pirates play to an 8-8 tie. And this was a legitimate tie because both teams have 38 at-bats, 13 hits, 12 assists, 2 errors, 5 strikeouts, 3 walks, 1 pass ball, and 1 hit by pitch. That's a tie. 1969, Baltimore Oriole pitcher Jim Palmer. No hits the A's, 8-0. Jim Palmer, great pitcher, rotten announcer. 2006, Cleveland Indians first baseman Travis Hafner. Who I kind of like Travis Hafner as he played. Yeah, I thought he was a decent player. Ties Don Mattingly baseball, Don Mattingly's Major League Baseball record of six grand slams in a season when he homers in Kansas City. Birthdays. 1935, Mudcat Grant. Former baseball player, born on that day. August 14th. 1969, the New York Mets fall to nine and a half games back, but later win the pennant and the World Series that year. 1986, Phillies and Pirates play six games in four days. No strikes back then, no coronaviruses back then. They just got six games in four days in. Rain out, doubleheaders rescheduled, everything else. It can be done. Birthday, 1930. Earl Weaver, manager of the Baltimore Orioles, was born. Uh, Earl passed away in 2013. Earl Weaver, great manager back in the day. One of the managers who had to come out and argue all the time. Always a character to watch. 1949. Former WWWF and WWF wrestler Bob Backlund was born in Princeton, Minnesota. 1954, Mark the Bird Fidrich was born, uh, pitcher for the Tigers. Uh, the Bird was only around for a couple years, but he was kind of a charismatic character. Uh, if you go and look him up on YouTube, kind of a character, like I said, liked to talk to the ball and stuff like that. But he, was, he, was, he had his couple, his couple good years there. 1956, NASCAR driver Rusty Wallace, birthday. 
1959, Magic Johnson born. Five-time NBA champion, three-time NBA finals, gold medal in 92. Uh, college basketball rivalry with Larry Bird, which they carried on into the pros. Great, great career. 1961, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, pro wrestler. More down in the Mid-South area, he was popular. Uh, kind of towards the end of his career, popped around other areas. But Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, born 1961. Eddie passed away in 1995, I believe it was. And also in 1987, Heisman Trophy winner in 2007, uh, BCS National Championship in 2006, and er, and 08, University of Florida, former Denver Bronco quarterback, Tim Tebow. Happy birthday to Tim Tebow. August 15th, after a second start since cancer treatment, Giants' Dave Rigetti breaks his arm while pitching. Um, I didn't see the game live back then, but I remember seeing the highlights. It was in the Astrodome. Um, they had a crowd in there, but it was still it's in a dome, so it echoes. Uh, Dravecki, as he pitches, he was throwing his his arm snapped, and you could hear it. It was kind of like a gunshot going off. Um, very sad. He ended up losing his arm. Great story if you ever read his book. Dave Dravecki, though, was a great player, good in, good inspiration. But um, tried to make that comeback from cancer and just couldn't do it. 1993, Nolan Ryan gets his 324th and final victory as the Rangers beat the Indians eight to one. 1997, Dan Wilson of the Seattle Mariners hits the team's 3,000th home run. And also for the Mariners on that same day in 2012, uh, King Felix, Felix Hernandez, becomes the 23rd pitcher to throw a perfect game. one nothing against Tampa Bay Rays. Birthdays, a few names I didn't recognize here are some Minnesota ties. Uh, born in Graceville, Minnesota, Tom Kelly, former Twins manager. I did not know he was a Minnesota-born guy. But coach was born in 1950. 1961, Gary Kubiak, uh, current Vikings coaching staff and former uh, coach with the Broncos. I believe he was... Uh, Rode Elway's tail through a couple of rings there. Speaking of someone else who rode Elway's tail, Bobby Brister, former NFL quarterback, born in 1962. August 16th, 1987, the Mets beat the Cubs 23-9. And birthdays, the last decent Patriot tight end who wasn't an attitude or a jerk, Ben Coates was born. Uh, like I said, there were, I don't have anything for music. History of birthdays, we'll double up on it next week, or maybe there'll be a special uh, Instagram post during the week. That's all I got for that. This is Dan here with an update on Town Ball Baseball. Big weekend here in the state of Minnesota. Amateur baseball tournaments are wrapping up. I'm going to focus on particularly Class C. Class C. There are 16 regions or sections in the state of Minnesota. And all those have their tournaments last week and this week all coming to a head. Winners and sometimes the second, third, and fourth place teams will advance to the state. Everyone else will go home as their season is done. State tournament begins next weekend. I've got some updates. Last year's runner-up in the state of Minnesota Class C, Hutchinson Tigers, got beat. Hutchinson Tigers not only got beat, got eliminated. And other people, including Maple Lake and Buffalo, will be entering the state tournament in Region 12, but Hutchinson will be home. That's a noteworthy upset there. They were ranked number two in the state. They will not be appearing in the state tournament. Some just today, championship games. St. Patrick will take on for the state. 
along with Prior Lake and Union Hill. St. Pat to the number one seed. Although both are going to state, you want to be that number one seed because you'll get a bye in the first round. You'll get a bye, which means you don't have to play baseball the entire first week of the state tournament. The entire first week is just all first round games. St. Patrick, New Prague playing for the title. The winner will essentially get a week off. Because there are 16 regions in the state, the winners of the playoffs of each of the 16 regions or sections automatically get a first round bye. So the champions will have that week off. Section 6, Jordan will be playing Gaylord today. The winner also there gets the championship of the region and a first round bye. Loser is guaranteed to play that first first round, that first week. Jordan is the reigning state champion in Class C, the Jordan Brewers. Gaylord's interesting this year, but the COVID coronavirus, they have a pitcher drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays playing minor league ball for the last two years. Minor league baseball has been shut down. Minor league baseball this year, you'll do have the option to play amateur during the summer. The player there opted to play amateur, got the approval from the state, got the approval from his minor league class. I think he plays double-A baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays and a pitcher. Got the okay. Look for him to be starting today for Gaylord against Jordan. Very interesting. Only player in the state currently on a major league contract playing professional baseball. Will be playing this year on this odd year for amateur baseball. The other game to watch is Section 7. I've been covering this all week. Watertown will be playing in the final against either Young America or Waconia. Sunday morning, today, today's August 16th, Young America will be taking on Waconia, the number one seed, at a 10 o'clock a.m. game in Watertown. The loser will be the number three seed, still going to state, already clinched the state berth, along with number four seed, Carver. Carver already clinched. They're done in the playoffs. They'll be the number four seed. The loser of this game at 10 o'clock a.m. will be the three seed. The winner will go on to play Watertown at 2 p.m., roughly 2 p.m., for the title. And that title gets you, once again, that first round bye. So there's 16 sections. There's 48 teams that will qualify for the state. All will be determined by this afternoon. We'll have the 48 state teams announced this afternoon. Because there's 16 regions, the number one seed all gets a bye, which means only 32 teams will be playing this coming weekend in the state tournament down in Springfield and Milroy. 32 teams, which means there'll be 16 games over a two-day period. Single elimination, loser goes home. All those teams playing will be two, three, or four seeds from the tournament, from the regional tournament. There'll be no number one seeds or champions 
of any of those sections playing that opening weekend. Interesting thing is, even if you do make the state and you play this coming weekend down in Springfield or Milroy, you lose, you go home, you win. If you win, it's nice that you're going to advance, but you will be playing a number one seed, a champion from another section, and you will be the away team, they will be the home team. Class C is all single elimination. This is where it gets good. I'll be covering Class B and Class A state tournaments next weekend. But there's some double elimination scenarios in Class B that allows the team to lose to come back and play again. Now, speaking of town ball baseball, just this week, the Seattle Mariners, Major League Baseball, called up a pitcher named, by the name of Joey Gerber. If you look him up on the roster, Seattle Mariners, right-handed reliever, wears number 59. He was drafted in 2018. Only two years later, he's up. He's a Minnesota guy. In fact, four years ago, he was playing town ball for the Hamburg Hawks. I'm sorry, the Hamill Hawks. Went to college, wasn't doing so well, played amateur, now drafted in the pros. Here's a post he made on Twitter. Joey Gerber writes, four summers ago, I was playing town ball in rural Minnesota after posting a 7.50 ERA my freshman year of college. Last night, I made my MLB debut and faced Albert Pujols. A lot can happen in four years. This post was made on August 5th. So he's drafted uh, by Seattle Mariners, eighth round in the 2018 draft. And usually it takes three to four years on average for pitchers to make it to the pros after being drafted. You know, you'll spend your time in Class A, move up to Class AA, move up to Class AAA, and then make the pros. Gerber spent some time in Class A and spent last year in Class AA. Never even got a chance to spend time in AAA due to the COVID pandemic, which I think was where he was scheduled to play this year. But because of that, they needed a right-hander, right-handed relief pitcher. Sure enough, called him up. During the pandemic, the teams each have a 30-man roster. They needed him, brought him up, and sure enough, three years old, Maple Grove native. Made his debut against the Los Angeles Angels. That's the update for Town Ball Baseball. This is Dan with the album of the week review. This week we've got Ace Fraley. A little song there I just played, New York Groove, here as the intro. I'll be reviewing the 1978 album, solo album, Ace Fraley. Ace Fraley was the lead guitarist for the American rock, hard rock band Kiss. This album was one of the four albums released simultaneously by Casablanca Records 
1978 on September 18th. Now, we know the band KISS had two groups of folks in the band. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley that were clean cut, clean living, but like their women. Ace Fraley, the guitarist, and Peter Chris, the drummer, liked to drink, smoke, and do drugs. They liked to party. Well, the band was about to break up in 1977, uh, roughly because of these because of these issues, and so the band wanted to were, were basically talking about doing their own thing. So the plan they came up with a plan. And they said, let's stick together, let's not break up, but let's have each member of the band record and release a solo album in 1978. We'll see how it does. Go along, get your own band together, record an album, release it, and we'll see what happens, and then we'll get back together after that, and hopefully the time away will will help us all move forward. Well, Gene and Paul Stanley, of course, were thinking in their minds that uh, their two albums would would sell, uh, and Peter and Ace would not do too well. And if that was the case, they had a reason. It was plausible then to have the band break up, and uh, they'll move forward, uh, maybe possibly as an excuse to fire the two and move on with Kiss getting a new drummer and guitarist. The problem is, Ace Fraley's album was the highest seller of the group. All the albums went platinum, but Ace Fraley, the guitarist, was the leading leading sales. Uh, his was off the charts. The album was produced by Fraley and Eddie Kramer. It featured Anton Figg on drums. Now, we'll know Anton Figg Later, he comes into the mix in music history. Anton Figg later performed session work on the Kiss albums Dynasty and Unmasked. Also, he became a member of the Ace Fraley band Fraley's Comet. Figg and Will Lee, who played bass on three of the album's tracks, later gained prominence as members of the world's most dangerous band and the CBS Orchestra, along with Paul Schaefer on Late Night with David Letterman on The Late Show. He played drums on the Paul Schaefer. That's where you probably remember Anton Figg. And those who followed Kiss remember Anton Figg playing drums on various Fraley's Comet albums. After Ace left, Kiss formed the band Fraley's Comet. This album is 36 minutes long and 44 seconds, released on Casablanca Records, produced with Eddie Kramer. Ace Fraley recorded his album at the mansion in Sharon, Connecticut. This was a huge mansion that he was able to rent out. And I'm not sure if it was uh, five or six weeks, but rented it out in the June-July time frame in 1978. He recorded everything at the mansion. Critical reviews of the album. Craig Prato of All Music wrote that of all four Kiss solo albums, the best of the bunch is Ace Fraley's, 
who did not stray far from the expected heavy kiss sound. Jason Josephs of Pitchfork concurred that it was the standout of the kiss solo efforts, describing it as a melange of riff rock, power pop, and just a little bit of soul. Here's the track listing. Song one, Rip It Out. Song two, Speeding Back to My Baby. Now, Speeding Back to My Baby was written by his wife, Jeanette, and Ace when they got married in 1976. They both wrote that song. She got credited, co-credit with the author of that song. And a little known fact that these two are still married to this day. Ace Fraley is 69 years old. I believe Jeanette is 67. They have not been together for many years, many decades. They have a daughter named Monique. But they're legally still married. And the interesting story with that is her family, her family, her last name is, uh, I'm not sure her last name is, uh, comes from a large Italian family in the Bronx. Her grandfather was one of the high-up officials in the Teamsters Union, and many think that her family to this day was heavy, heavily up there in the mob, including her father and her grandfather. There's speculation that they were the ones who instructed these two to never get divorced. So Ace may not have even had a chance in the case. He has been, I think, uh, had various girlfriends uh, through the years and even to this day. But legally, he's still married to Jeanette. Interesting connection there. Song three is Snowblind. Song four is Ozone. Both relate to his infamous drug habits. Song five is What's on Your Mind. Song six, New York Groove. Now, New, New York Groove him, but it's about the best biographical song you could see of a person. Ace Fraley was born Paul Daniel Fraley, born and raised in the Bronx. And the whole song is about how this place was meant for me, the New York groove. You'll hear this song played at various sporting events in New York City, whether it's a Jets or a Giants game or a Yankees or Mets game. New York groove is a very popular song. That's the song that went the most popular off this album. Here's a clip. This song was written by Russ Ballard, but basically it's an autobiography uh, song. It's basically a biography of Ace Fraley. Great song. Went to the went to the church. It's a surprise. Basically everyone when that came out. Song seven is I'm in need of love. Song eight is Wiped Out. Co-written by Anton Fig. And number nine is an instrumental called Fractured Mirror. Ace Fraley basically did the lead vocals, guitars, acoustic, played bass as well. Anton Fig did the drums. Will Lee contributed a couple songs, three songs on bass. Like I said, Eddie Kramer did the production on this. The New York Groove song was originally was recorded in 1975 by the British glam rock band Hello, 
rose to number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Charts Top 100. This was the highest chart placement for any of the singles released from the 1978 KISS solo albums. The album reached 26 on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 album chart. Certified Platinum, it's the highest selling of the four KISS solo albums. Only nine songs. One of them is an instrumental called Fractured Mirror. The drums on that instrumental for Fractured Mirror was done by Carl Talerico. Now those who are familiar with the four solo albums by Kiss in 1978 are mainly impressed by the artwork on the covers of these albums. The artwork was done by Araldo Carugatti. Araldo Carugatti. Heavily known for a lot of his work. Very good artist. And he did all four of these. These are very impressive album covers if you get the chance to see them or do a Google search on them. Uh, these are tremendous artwork. He did a lot of other music types of things as well. Now, Ace Fraley was born Paul Daniel Fraley, like I mentioned. Guess where he got the nickname? He got the nickname in high school from friends who called him a real ace for his ability to get dates. Also in high school, a guidance counselor encouraged him to get into graphic arts. And he later credited guitar playing for, quote, saving his life as a member of KISS. Uh, Ace Fraley probably would have gone with his lifestyle for him being in the band and staying focused. Once again, this is the album review for Ace 1978 solo work. Yeah.